0: If we record it, they will listen.
1: Oh, hey, that's a done deal right there. Right there, huh? Hey, welcome to another Get Geekish podcast. I'm uh, Beto, and that's Derek over there, and we're talking at you again as we do every week about the uh, geeky things that traverse across our brains. And we're going to do another Get Geekish spotlight on, I think, one of the, the best actors around. Like People what always I, joke about those times of the people They want to narrate their life And they always throwing out Samuel L. Jackson and Morgan Freeman No, James Earl Jones Is the one you want to narrate your life Right? Simba Yeah, I mean, I mean
0: <laughs> That's such an iconic voice where I mean, basically They had their Darth Vader, right They had somebody who was going to voice him And then they decided, no, we're going to have somebody act And then we're going to have this guy Right here use his voice. And it's an iconic voice. Everybody knows Darth Vader's voice thanks to Mr. Earl Jones.
1: <laughs> Mr. Earl Jones. I think did it's you, just Mr. Jones, but... <laughs> did, did you know that his name wasn't even on the credits originally first two movies? He, he took that sense. role and he didn't think he was a big enough star to even be mentioned in the credits of Star Wars. So his name doesn't appear or at least didn't appear in the first two Star Wars movies until the third one. They finally credit him for doing the voice, but... You go back and listen to it, and that's become an icon of generations of Star Wars fans.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, in, if you look at it, too, back in the 70s, he was in some TV shows. He was in a couple of movies. He was in Dr. Strangelove? Huh. Yeah, that was, that was one of his breakout roles in Dr. Strangelove. I did not know that. <laughs> look what we're learning already. But, I mean, so he wasn't... He wasn't really, really anything. I mean, he was in A New Hope, Voice Uncredited, and then he was in The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. I didn't know he was in that either. I don't think I've seen the sequel to The Exorcist.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for um, as long as he's been acting, he's not one of those guys that is in everything. He's obviously fairly picky about his roles, and he's not acting in every you know three, four, three or four movies a summer like some actors and actresses Tend to try and do But uh, it seems like he picks a lot of good ones He's, He's earned quite a few awards as well He's got three Tony Awards He's been nominated five times Got a Grammy and two Primetime Emmy Awards And was inducted into the American Theater Hall of Fame that's pretty cool. He even got a medal from president in 2002. He was uh, presented of the National Medal of the Arts by President George H.W. Bush. And he also got a Kennedy Center Otter, and was invited by Barack Obama to perform Shakespeare at the White House for an evening of poetry.
0: Oh, uh, I bet that was... <laughs> I, I, oh, we got to find a video of that because I bet that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, James Earl Jones reading Shakespeare poetry in the White House. That's, that seems like a... A good thing, you know, <laughs> right? all around.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, so, you know, we, we could dive right into this. This is this one thing I, I want to say because I'm going to forget it if I don't. But when, you know, I Google his name and everything like that, um, doing some research, one of the things that popped up was how he became part of the Sandlot. Because I remember watching The Sandlot for the first time and then, you know, his iconic scene, which is behind me here, um, you know, as Mr. Myrtle, just pops out of nowhere. I'm like, what? That's James Earl Jones. <laughs> he, like the po- the co-director or producer or whatever on The Sandlot, they didn't have a Mr. Myrtle like two weeks into shooting or whatever. So he's like, the other guy was like, yeah, I worked with him on Field of Dreams. Let me call him up real quick. So they called him up and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. So he just showed up, and when he showed up, you know, he was only there for, I think, a day or two, and all the kids were like, oh, it's Darth Vader, so they knew who he was, and they got to meet him. Then they shot their lines and everything like that, and it was actually actually James Earl Jones who came up with Mr. Myrtle's backstory of being in the Negro Leagues and everything like that, and I thought that was really, really cool to sit there and go, you know what? I like this. I like the baseball theme. Do you guys remember... The Negro Leagues, we need to bring those up. We need to make them relevant. And that was the first time I had ever heard of them as a kid, you know, because they don't teach you that stuff in school. So, I mean, I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, James Earl Jones being able to come up with his own backstory for his character is awesome.
1: And he was, he was a bit of a pioneer in a lot of those things. I mean, he was one of only Mm -hmm. two uh, uh, African-American casts in the original Star Wars movie. The hundreds and hundreds of people, one of only two of them that was in there for that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and he was on credit in the first two movies so <laughs> yeah
1: so it's uh, he's he's been through some stuff we'll just we'll just leave it yeah. at that on there <laughs> and he also overcame some problems when he was a kid he actually had a stuttering problem when he was a child and now he does a lot of work with the stuttering foundation to try and help other kids and other people uh get over the fact he took a bunch of acting lessons to help him get over his stutter but you think of how he speaks now and he's got that crystal clear Super smooth delivery in almost everything that he says, but he used to have a bad, bad stutter.
0: I like that, you know, you, you hear about celebrities overcoming this, right? They have a stutter. They overcome it. And they embrace it and continue to help with it. I think that's pretty cool because, I mean, you know, there's always those celebrities who are like, oh, yeah, I had this as a, as a kid and I overcame it. Cool. Cool. What else are you doing? You know, to, for him to actually help out, help those who, you know, have that because he's
1: like, I, I know what you guys are going through. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. There's, there's more to be said that I overcame something you can too than actually working the foundation to try and get people that are trying to get over it some help and be a little inspiration to him. So it's definitely taking things to a whole, whole new level there. <laughs> yeah, He was also the very first established celebrity to appear in the Sesame Street show. It's hard to believe because there's been tons and tons of actors over decades in that show, but uh, it's it's tough to verify exactly, but if you go back through the record books, at least according to TVOverMind.com, <laughs> he was the first, if not one of the first, wait, one of the first, if not the first, there we go, uh, established celebrities to actually be a part of the show. And now you pretty much accept that, expect there to be a big name on Sesame Street all the time. Well, that's kind
0: of crazy to think about because exactly what you said was... You know, I thought celebrities had always been on there. I never thought, I guess, who was one of the first ones, and that's pretty cool. I mean, he, he's he got a lot of, like, firsts and a lot of other different type of stuff that he can do. Um, you know, he, his voice is so iconic that they brought it back for Mufasa in their Disney's live action, quote-unquote.
1: <laughs> We've had a lot of air quotes in this one so far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Lion King. So, I mean... I don't think if they would have done that live action one without his voice in it, it wouldn't have worked.
1: No, like we talk about things that there's there's certain actors and actresses that get replaced in the middle of trilogies or remakes that you kind of gloss over and oh, okay I can be okay with that. But there's there's certain ones that you can't <laughs> you you can't replace James Earl Jones in most of the roles that he's in.
0: Well, and that's the thing too. Is like even when you're watching Star Wars. You know, people will use like a you know voice modifier or whatever to sound like Darth Vader, but you know,
1: (laughs) yeah, you know, it's 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 still the same. His delivery has that bass bassoon feel to it, and the way that his enunciation is so like it's hard to put my finger because coming from the radio days, and we always had to do car commercials and just cram as many words as we can into a sentence. Mm -hmm. The way he speaks has the most like impeccable timing of anyone I've ever listened to. Every word seems like it's, nope, I thought exactly about how long I'm going to pause and what inflection I'm going to put on. And this is how it's going to be.
0: <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, is I don't think he has to put on a voice like how, you know, we used to do for radio. We'd have to go, all right, here we go. You know, I think he that's just him. That's just, that's why you want to just, I want him to just tell me stories. I want him to read me the maintenance manual for a 1973 Volkswagen bug. I, you know, I want to hear, just, I just want to hear him talk.
1: Fun fact for you. Do you know who almost did Darth Vader's voice? Oh. The original idea was they were going to have Orson Welles be the voice of Darth Vader. Would, Would not be the same. I don't think. I like Orson Welles' voice, but for Darth Vader, it it just doesn't seem like it would have been quite the right fit.
0: I don't... I agree with you. I, I don't think it would have been the right fit, but I also kind of want to hear it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Orson, make that happen. Read a couple Darth Vader lines for us, just so we can hear it. <laughs> I don't think he's alive anymore. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, he'd do it anyway if he was. It's, just, it's, it's like a thing, you
0: know. <laughs> we, we need to find somebody who can... Do an impression of Orson Welles and have them do it.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Jones also, he was an officer in the U.S. Army. Didn't realize that until today either. This is why I love celebrity spotlights we get to learn so much about people that we we well, think, we. It, I love this guy. I'm a huge fan. Like, man, I didn't know anything about this guy. <laughs>
0: well, it's one of those ones where like, you know, we've seen them in everything. Like I'm sitting here looking at his thing. Yeah. Coming to America, iconic role for him, right? Mm-hmm. Field of dreams, iconic role. Conan, the barbarian, totally forgot he was in that. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're looking at all these things you're like, Oh, I remember him in that. Oh yeah. And then you throw out like personal lives of like him having a stutter. He was an officer. You're just like, Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> we're, we're helping others too, because maybe this will pop up in a trivia somewhere down the road. And, and exactly,
1: going to save you at yeah. uh, trivia nights at the bars <laughs> when those can happen again. Um, <laughs> you mentioned coming to America; it's a great one. And the, uh, the the new coming to America, he's actually reprising his role in that. That's one of the only things he's credited uh, upcoming on IMDb right now. Which.
0: I again. This is one of those ones where coming to America didn't need to be remade, or is this a sequel? I
1: don't even know. I forget. I read. It. I think it's supposed to be a, a future side of it. Okay. Because um, well, uh, is a long lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet the unlikely heir to the throne of Zumanda. It's a okay. Sequel. So it's kind
0: of signed, sequel. Okay, that yeah. I'm okay with. I was gonna yeah. say like if it's a Lion King situation.
1: No, they're not need just remaking. they they're trying to put it fast forward thirty some years later and then continue the story. So I mean he's eighty nine years old. So that's pretty good.
0: He's gonna he, turn he looks ninety good for
1: eighty nine. He's
0: gonna turn ninety <laughs> in January, so that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> I don't think I even realized he was
0: that old. Wow. I yeah, I'm looking right. I mean that's the thing too is you know, we're used to him in roles like this and, you know, Feel the yeah. dreams
1: <laughs> I, I, I see that Sandlot picture Behind me Like oh yeah It's James Earl Jones And realize that In that picture That was 28 years three. ago Yep <laughs> <sighs> 1993 <sighs> That's unreal <laughs> I, This is not yeah. about me And me feeling like I'm older than I no. am Okay yeah, This no. is back 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 to James Earl Jones
0: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. i see it. Upcoming movie coming to America.
1: Clever way to throw that in there, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You go back to when you got the start, you mentioned Dr. Strange of. That was uh, Stanley Kubrick, got him his, big, his film debut. That was back in uh, 1965, I think. And I then he was also had a I prominent in role a in The Comedians. And The Great White Hope got a Tony Award for that and then starred in the film version of it in 1970. Stayed on the TV and stage in most of the seventies, and then George Lucas cast him. And further of that story, which I didn't realize is that George Lucas had imagined Orson Welles, so James Earl Jones was trying to sound kind of like Orson Welles and ended up getting the part for it. So that iconic voice was trying to sound like somebody else to get a part. It's sacrilegious. I'm,
0: <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad that
1: he made it his own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess if you
0: in the in a New Hope, you can kind of hear some wellian,
1: but Mm -hmm. it's it's a little yeah it's he's definitely made it his own which is good
0: whoa so you were talking about uh, a stutter that he had Um, one of his quotes is one of the hardest things in life is having words in your heart that you can't utter and even me saying that didn't feel right because I don't have that voice (laughs) I I feel bad quoting him because I can't do his quotes justice.
1: <laughs> you imagine him saying that, and you're you're yeah. warmed.
0: <laughs> in, in my in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make this. Uh, no, it's coming from my weird voice, not him. I don't ever want to be a sentimentalist. I prefer to be a realist. I'm not a romantic, really. That's another quote of his. So you know, he he's not about sentiment. So if we go up to him, we're like, oh, man, right here, Sandlot. Darth Vader I wonder if he's like yeah
1: (laughs) you want me to sign some 50 bucks no uh he got the he got the 2008 Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Award for what they called his quote-unquote long and quiet devotion to advancing literacy the arts and humanities on a national and local scale
0: that's amazing
1: Mm-hmm. So he's got most of the the Hollywood f- elite there that knows that he's doing a good job, even though he's not like waving the flag around and tooting his horn, trying to get a bunch of credit for is that there just doing things.
0: Well, and that's the thing, too, that you got to respect is he's he's able to help out these charities right he we didn't know anything about it he's able to kind of keep it about the charities and not himself i mean too much anymore you see you know so and so help this charity blah so and so you know it's like i mean yay but mm. <laughs> so the fact that he's like we don't know about it because it's not front page news because the celebrity's doing something good
1: it's that's pretty cool mm-hmm He's had a bit of a a rough personal life, too. He got married to Julianne Marie in 1968. Uh, They met while he was performing as Othello. They didn't have any kids. He got divorced in 72, four years later. Then in 82, he married an actress named Cecilia Hart. And they had one kid named Flynn Earl Jones, born in 1982. But then Cecilia Hart died in 2016 from ovarian cancer. Cancer, I hate you. Uh, And then in April of 2016, Jones spoke publicly for the first time in nearly 20 years about his long-term health challenge with type 2 diabetes. He got diagnosed in the mid-90s after a doctor noticed he'd fallen asleep while exercising in the gym. So he had a very personal struggle against type 2 diabetes, and uh, and, and he's almost 90 right now. Dang. I
0: wonder if him and Betty White hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, before COVID, but you know.
1: yeah. <laughs> maybe they zoom each other. <laughs> it's time well,
0: for a sugar-free happy hour. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing because I mean, you know, we all know that that Betty White is ninety,
1: Over right around 90. his age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ninety-two. I think so.
0: Yeah, and everybody talks about you know, oh yeah, but I didn't know he was this old.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: like, and he's been dealing with you know diabetes, and he's been helping out charities, and he's just still been acting too I mean that
1: yeah, obviously that's he's been awesome. doing you know a lot less stuff lately, but well yeah. it's he, he he's he's spent a lifetime doing a lot of good, and that's i i I can thoroughly respect that for something he was a pioneer in certain areas, and he has brought to life a number of beloved characters in my pop culture consumption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I still want to just narrate my entire life,
0: or at least record a voicemail for you.
1: You know, mm-hmm.
0: have how how is he not voiced a transformer with that voice? I mean,
1: <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Well, he has ties to Colorado too. I didn't realize this just looking at his military service. Uh, he was supposed to go to Fort Leonard Wood, but his unit was instead sent to establish a cold-weather training command at the former Camp Hale near Leadville, Colorado. So cold his battalion became a training unit fun. for the rugged terrain of the Rocky Mountains.
0: <laughs> that, that's, that's awesome, but, man, hey, uh, James, you're on the
1: cold-weather unit. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Wait we have to go in the mountains And tell you how to survive in the mountains Even though there's not something going on Oh, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this <laughs> Oh man Well, you, you got anything else you want to bring up about Mr. Jones
0: I was just going to say it's, it's one of those ones where You know at one point In my life I had kind of like I knew somebody who Knew somebody who grew up next to him Right And I was trying to make that connection happen just so I could meet him. Like, he lived in New York at the time. So I was like, hey, let's make this happen. And, you know, it was always that false promise of when, you know, you talk to somebody who knows somebody. But so, like, I was this close to meeting him. (laughs) This (laughs) close. That's all I wanted to share.
1: (laughs) So before we go, I was reading an interview on uh, Courant.com, and somebody was talking to him a few years back, and they asked if there was ever a made-for-TV movie about James Earl Jones, who he thinks should play himself. And his answer, when he was younger and more fit, he would occasionally meet General Colin Powell and was flattered to be mistaken for him a couple of times. And he actually made a proposal to him that he would play him as an older guy if he'd play me as a younger guy, but they both kind of you know, grew past that. So his choice in this interview was Cuba Gooding jr would be the guy he would want to play him in a made for T movie about his life.
0: I could see that. Yeah. How long ago was this interview though? Cause I mean,
1: mm, this looks like it was six years ago, 2014. So Cuba could still do it with like the only thing against Cuba. I, I like Cuba too, but Cuba has almost the opposite voice of James Earl Jones. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the hard
0: part. Like, I the casting wise, great. Voice wise, they would have to have they would have to have James Earl Jones dub over his lines because <laughs> <laughs> that, that wouldn't work.
1: <laughs> and and summing up some of his you know very uh, personal side of his personal life, the interview ended with the quote of "What's something most people know about? Don't know about you?" And his answer was simply. If you don't know, it means it's nobody's business but mine.
0: Oh, I like That's that. That's
1: slick, isn't it? That's yeah. like the, the classiest way of saying it's none of your business.
0: <laughs> I like how you tried to throw the James Earl Jones voice on it. but You notice uh, how
1: I tried and then just backed <laughs> off and then you went to, <laughs> <laughs> it. just doesn't work.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> anyway, we'd love to hear from you, too. Uh, jump on social media. I'd get geekish. Find one of our posts on there. Now, uh, what's, what's your favorite James Earl Jones role? Or favorite moment, or favorite quote, because I have a feeling, judging by our followers, we're gonna have a whole lot of Star Wars and Lion King and Sandlot fans to begin with. So, let's pick a very specific thing. One of one of his favorite quotes. Yes, James Earl Jones character quote. That's what we want. Or, or you could just say favorite role other than
0: <laughs> Star Wars, Sandlots, <laughs> that stuff. Like, I mean, again, I, this makes me want to watch Doctor Strange Love again because I. I didn't know he was in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find a, go search YouTube and find him performing Shakespeare at the White House. That's what I'm going to spend yeah. my afternoon doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, this has been another, uh, get geekish spotlight this time on Mr. James Earl Jones, actor extraordinaire and, uh, one of the best voices in history, but, uh, let us know what you think. And thanks so much for joining us as you do every week. It's been with Derek signing off. We'll talk at you next week from get geekish.